0: Welcome to the 5th
1: Trooper Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 5th Trooper Podcast Season 3. This is a beginner's guide to Star Wars Legion. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, Real quick, before we move into the episode, I'd like to remind you that if you want to hear more about Star Wars Legion and kind of get some of our unfiltered thoughts, you can join us on patreon.com slash love 5 for any Patreon subscriber level, you'll be able to listen to the 5th Trooper After Dark podcast. Plus, we give away quarterly rewards and yearly rewards for all of our members. So check it out, patreon.com slash 5th Trooper. Now, let's get into what we're going to talk about on this episode. Uh, I'm really excited. This is an episode about uh, terrain and setting up your table. And, you know, there's so many ways you can approach this whether you're a hobby enthusiast or even if you don't have any experience or want to do hobby, there's plenty of 3D printable files that you can buy and, and and you know, fully built terrain that you can buy from companies or you can scratch build. You know, that's, that's the fun thing about uh, tabletop wargaming is that a lot of it allows for each individual to to be individual really and so if you want to build your own from scratch like i do sometimes you could do that if you want to buy pre-built kits you can do that as well the other thing is uh if you didn't know little shameless plug here for the fifth trooper uh we sell gaming mats so we have six by four mats for for a table and then we also sell uh sidebars for legion which is where you hold your cards and stuff because when you set up a table uh, in Star Wars Legion, the battlefield is six foot by three foot, and most people uh, ha- and most other war games are six foot by four foot games. And so you're going to have a foot, you know, on the, on the long side that you need to cut off there. And so what we did was we put together these six inch sidebars, red and blue, so you can choose your sides and kind of use them to keep your cards organized and, and show uh, the true battlefield. The other thing uh, that's neat about Star Wars Legion is Star Wars. There's so many planets both discovered and undiscovered in the canon that we could use that really you can't go wrong. So you could potentially use some old fantasy stuff that maybe you're an old war gamer from the, the Warhammer fantasy days. You could use some of that stuff in star Wars and just, you know, it's a planet that hasn't made it to the technology age yet. Maybe, um, you know, you can use just plain forests, right? That's all Endor is, is it's just a forest deserts. We, we have multiple desert planets and with the advent of Mandalorian, um, you know, going to all these other newer planets as well as revisiting some of the old planets, it gives us a lot of opportunity for artistic expression in our in our tables. I'm going to write a companion piece to this that talks about setting up your table, and a lot of that comes from the community over at Legion Tournament Circuit. Uh, they are kind of the de facto tournament let's call them Organizers and Information Hub, and you can check them out at legiontournamentcircuit.com and uh, see some of that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of talk about that on the blog, how to set up the table, what you should be mindful of, and what kind of terrain you should use. In the meantime, we're about to have uh, Jason and Rob on from legionterrain.com. These guys are awesome. They do a ton of terrain, and it's all very Star Wars themed. So again, if you're one of those people uh, who just wants a table and doesn't want to do the hobby aspect, you could go check them out. And before we get to their interview, they're actually going to be doing a 10% off for our listeners. If you use the code Old Forearms, that's O-L-D, the number 4, A-R-M-S, that's 10% off. That's Old Forearms. And this is on individual items. So later in the episode, you're going to hear us talk about downed X-Wings or downed TIE Fighters. You, this, this code would work for those. Now, this doesn't stack if you end up buying a full table, but you can buy individual items with this code for 10% off. And it's going to be good till March 31st. So go to legiontrain.com, put in the code old forearms. that's O-L-D, the number four, A-R-M-S, and you'll get 10% off on an individual item. So, uh, the other neat thing about Legion Terrain, guys, is we built a a table together. We designed the mat over here at the 5th Trooper, and they designed all the terrain, the Dark Temple, Uh, a little play off of Exegol, or like a Sith Temple. And so you can also check that out on both of our websites. Okay, and without further ado, let's go to the conversation I have with Jason Robb over at LegionTerrain.com about terrain and tables. All right, and I am joined here with Rob and Jason from legionterrain.com. How are you guys?
0: Fantastic.
1: Great. And uh, so we... You know, I kind of led into this podcast talking about terrain and how people should set up tables and, you know, how much terrain they need, like 25% to 35% of the table should be terrain. And I thought it would be really nice to have you guys on and kind of, since you're building terrain on the regular for, for tables and, you know, we've teamed up on a table recently, the dark temple table, and I did the mat and you guys did the terrain. I thought it'd be good to have you guys on and kind of walk through the process of, how you design the train and design the board when you're building it. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you ahead. guys, yeah,
2: go ahead. I, well, I think, you know, to start out with, um, one thing that we try to do is design at least a half table as, as we're building out terrain. So we wanna, we wanna kind of encapsulate a little world, whether just in case somebody's out there playing the uh, skirmish rules, Um, and then if we if you know as we as we go through our process of designing uh, the 3d printed terrain you know we would um, we would then expand that to a second half and maybe build out the whole board like we did you know with the dark temple board that you mentioned Um, and so that process really goes back to because we're we're very focused in the legion space we know our stuff kind of can can port to some other games as well but our 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 world is focused in legions. So we, we try to stay on top of the rules. Jason and I spend most of our time painting terrain for people and getting it out the door for people and designing it. So we don't get to play as often as we want, but we do play. And, um, and so what we do is try to take those experiences and, Make sure that we're going to design something that, that makes good sense from a uh, from a rules perspective. So we want to take into account all the rules in Star Wars Legion that, uh, and this would be true for any game, right? If you're, whether you're playing Legion or D and D, the rules that that use terrain. So in, in Legion, those are going to be things like scale and expert climber. Uh, you know, if you're using uh, Wookies or um, old forearms. Um, but uh but you know like gonna
1: let leave that there just old (laughs)
0: forearms
2: (laughs) um uh yeah he's he's definitely one of my favorite models but uh uh, but i tend to be more of a a rebel player so uh but i did enjoy painting that guy um uh but so you know we want to take into account things that will let you use stuff like jump you know whether it's luke or, or boba fett and sabine and and um because of that we like to have a mixed layer of terrain so that all gameplay doesn't necessarily happen on the surface of the uh of the mat or the Mm -hmm. table um we we'd love to have in each of our boards that we build at least a second level possibly you know a height one maybe even a height two scenario um so that's big for us and looking at the other the other rules that are in legion that are terrain related you know whether it's a uh unhindered right you know uh mm-hmm. it's it's kind of difficult to design and print impeding terrain you know mm-hmm. it's yeah, how do you how do you print something that's just hard to walk through uh so we try to we've we're, we're trying you know we're trying yep. to come up with something that'll uh that'll uh, fit, fill that space but um
1: well and i would say uh, you know just as an example uh a couple of years ago, now we we had the Northeast Open, our Legion t- tournament, and uh, you guys provided some a couple tables worth of terrain and you had that one industrial one that kind of had that green. sludge that kind yeah yeah that that was that we actually treated that as difficult terrain because it was like yeah you know you got you get stuck in some toxic ways as you're walking (laughs) through yeah unless you're a wookiee right Yeah, right right
0: (laughs) and that's that's one of the big things that you know that rob's saying is we're trying to we love playing it when we play it and we just know what we want to have and we want to test the rules and you know make it not just kind of a um you know, the empire with this one setup always wins. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to look for ways to kind of, you know, make it challenging for certain pieces to go so that when you go to a tournament or something, there'll be five or six different types of boards. You know, we've been to some tournaments to where, you know, we walked in and we were listening to people and they would see a board and they'd be like, Oh no, I'm going to die. You know, this (laughs) This is the worst possible terrain. And it's like, then make your, your whole army a little more robust, you know, mm-hmm. don't go for a one trick pony. And so when we're, when we're designing, you know, there's times that we'll look at it and we'll go, you know, this could use more line of sight blocking terrain, let's say. Yeah. But maybe that's okay right now. Maybe they, maybe that's another different test that we can mm-hmm. kind of put armies through so that you in a, in a tournament or something like that, you get a little bit more um, test on different boards And so that's why we try to make our stuff really configurable where you can just try to, you know, you can set it up this way and set it up Mm -hmm. that way. And ultimately you get those different tests um, that you would get in a tournament.
1: Yeah. And I would say, you know, for people who are, Who are going to build their tables at home that that's a great piece of advice and that's you know even when i'm designing my own tables here and and building stuff doing the hobbyist side it's like making sure that i can move these pieces around and and maybe they're a little bit more modular than i would want them to be from like a whole like artistic approach right because you never know what the next like we just got the announcement of two new vehicles just right. recently, right? And it's like, God knows how those are going to function on the table. And so <laughs> we got to be prepared for
0: that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that comes down to, you know, okay, how could we slow this thing there? How could we do that? And by having it, you know, kind of configurable, like we were talking about, you know, you're building your first board, you know, and say, hey, I just spent a gob of money on this core set, you know, I'm, Now I'd like to have some of these cool pieces that these people sell, but I'm, I'm, I'm broke for a little while. (laughs) Go, go get some, go get some Pringles cans. Like Rob always says, he says, Hey, just go to the recycle bin, you know, and a can of spray paint and you're going to have some awesome terrain. Um, and you know, and like you said, instead of making one big, huge piece, my, my older brother kind of taught me and and Robert how to kind of paint and make terrain and stuff. And he would get these huge pieces of styrofoam and just turn them into this awesome piece. But like you're saying, if you get this big, huge monstrosity on the board, it really limits what you can do with it. Yeah. Whereas you have a several smaller pieces that you could put together or spread apart, makes it a whole lot easier.
1: Yeah. yeah and so, How has, let me, let me ask you guys this question. This, this wasn't on our list that I gave you, but I'm going to ask you, how has it been with all the new, uh, tanks and (laughs) vehicles? Um, how has that kind of affected your design philosophy when it comes to, to the tables that you're putting together now?
2: I think, you know, in some of our newer tables, like the, the, uh, the dark temple one we tend to be a little more sparse right you know you used that we used to have lots of small objects all over the place and these big vehicles are just so uh big you know <laughs> and they just can't navigate through these these uh little tunnels and things that have you know been designed in some some terrain mm-hmm. and uh so we try to you know make sure that we keep it sparse enough that you know there's room to add more uh obviously you know i mean we're in the business of selling this stuff. You, we sell a set, and we sell the optional pieces, right? So people yeah. can can throw more in and take some away if they don't need it. If they are playing with the big stuff, uh, but yeah, I really wonder with this new flying vehicle, right? Um, yeah. What that's going to do to uh, uh, some of our boards, like our tower board that has walkways that connect in between things, and you know, how's that going to impact play with uh, with those uh, with those pieces? So yeah, we're just. A little more sparse but you know we have the the expansions available and stuff
1: yeah so go ahead jason
0: uh, i was going to follow up with as far as the way that we actually i mean we first start designing a new board it is okay what would be cool Mm. what what would look awesome and so we go in and we say hey we want this type of board and we like we were talking about the uh the temple board you know the dark temple board we're like, oh, it needs to look like this and this, and we put all kinds of things in, and way overdo it. I mean, yep. it's like this. This is no way this would ever work for a board. But then we take the pieces off until it looks balanced, and that's where there's there's lots of like you said about the 25% of your board should be terrain, and then there's you know, well, do you want a, a lot of line of so- sight blocking? You know, maybe you know people said like to, from a third up to two thirds of it could be that that yep. sort of thing. And so you know, it's kind of start. A, with a lot and then pull off. And that's a quick way to get to a, a piece of, of, of a, a big board that you like looking at, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I that's great. That's a great philosophy It's kind of over like, cause you can always just put the terrain to the side, right. On your shelf while right, playing. Right. And so, always over-design train because there's nothing worse than have not having enough.
0: Right, <laughs> so, right. And that's when you pull out the stapler and put yeah, it out. You know, that's so, right. Yeah, that's um,
2: right. You know, I think I think one other one other guide that I would give to someone who's getting started, besides you know, raid your recycling, is invest in a little bit of thematic scatter. You know, the stuff that's honestly, it's a, whether it's a chemical barrel or a, a little evaporator tank or whatever you know something that looks like it belongs in the universe and that can turn it, it, it sort of makes the world look lived in right so as you yeah. build it out you know you're not just looking at large chunky objects there but those smaller little things that usually are a lot less expensive to build create or buy uh those can be a uh um those can be a big a flavor adder to your uh to your board
0: yeah as yeah, a spice To
2: i'll plug this for
1: you guys is one of the great things that you guys have are those like downed X-Wing, down TIE Fighter, down uh, AT-AT. And early on, when we first got into Legion and we first started the podcast... You know, I, I I have that hobby side. So I'm always building tables and doing different, uh, you know, uh, train work. But one of the first things I bought was from you guys. I, I bought the down TIE Fighter X-Wing in the ATAT because you're you're absolutely right. I had all this old like Warhammer fantasy terrain, which was OK. Yeah, you're on like a weird grass planet. But then you're like, oh, there's an X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Well, now it's Star Wars. It's a Star Wars grass planet. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, talking about, you know, especially those two pieces is, um, you know, that's a, a great example. Some people always say, why do you always build everything crashed? You know, why, why don't you build the whole whole piece? And some of it has to do with more licensing and, you know, <laughs> staying out staying out of the vision of people, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but a good bit of it is really more on um, playability, Yeah, you know, instead of having, you know, just hugely tall. Like we've been in some, seen some boards where you get those big trees and they're like two feet tall, you know, and it's like, wow. I mean, it looks cool from afar, but playing it, trying to dodge these two foot trees yeah. is kind of a nightmare. And so with these crash things, it's just the right amount of cover for, you know, it's for guys to hide behind and shoot, you know, and it, it, it supplies cover, not a lot of line of sight blocking, but it, and, and that's where, finding things that are not just big chunks, like Robert said, you know, the, the, uh, the rebel fighter and the Imperial fighter are great because they can, they play as a good thematic piece, but they also provide good cover yep without taking up the whole freaking board. Yep. You know?
1: Well, and even that AT, 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 right. It's big, but you can also piece it out and be like, Oh, well, maybe the legs aren't there or, or maybe it's just the legs, you know? And so, yeah, that's I, I really um, I've always appreciated the way you guys look at tables in that modularity and there's just so many options like those two tables we had Northeast open were just really nice because I think we even changed them from day one to day two just because they were so modular that we could we could make a different decision for the second day of the tournament. Um, And I I think that's something to remember at home too, that kind of translates for home play. So if you're, if you're not really going to tournaments, but you just want to play at home, being able to swap out your board every time you play will kind of add a lot of freshness to the games and you won't, um, there's nothing worse than playing on the same board, like five times in a row and you're like, all right, I've had enough.
0: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, but okay. So, so let me ask you guys this, uh, Rob, I'm going to have you go first for you. What makes a really great piece of terrain?
2: Oh man. Uh, for me, you know, in my heart, it's theme, um, theme and Greebles. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, (laughs) you and Greebles, man. (laughs) He
0: loves being
2: being the, you (laughs) know, explain Greebles, Greebles are essentially the small little things that you add. So We go back to our Pringles can, right? If you paint, spray paint your Pringles can, everybody's going to know it's a Pringles can. But if you actually attach a small straw to the outside and spray paint that too, that's agreeable. Just a small item that's been attached to the outside of something that makes it look like more than it is. Um, You know, you can design a crate really easy in any child's 3D design software online. Um, But if it's just a cube, you know, you could have just, you know, it's just a cube so you got to put stuff on it right to make it look uh to make it look real um i think that's that's those are my big two you know i love the thematic nature well you know i saw star wars in the theater the first movie it was just called star wars a new hope
1: um
2: (laughs) when i was like seven or eight so you know like for me this is like part of my life so i love this universe i love this world and jason's the same way and um uh you know just being able to, to see it there, you know, that's, those are probably my, in my heart. Now in my mind, if I'm playing the game, it's going to be more like, is it configurable and is there a place my troops can stand on it? Cause I really like putting my troops on top of stuff. Uh, those are, those are, <laughs> I really I, do.
1: I couldn't tell by all your design choices. <laughs> 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 so, all right, Jason, uh, what about you? What makes a really great piece of terrain?
0: I, I guess it's it's really going to go pretty much with what Robert said, which is is does it tell a story? I mean, to me, when when I'm I'm when I, on when my side when I'm dreaming up this stuff, right? Robert and I will have our design meetings, and we're it's the fun ones where you get to dream up new stuff and what's it going to look like. And in my head, it it every piece tells a story. There's a reason that little evaporator tanks right there. There's a reason this is over here. And if I can tell a story. With the terrain, it it changes everything to me, because yes, you've got to you know I'll I'll lay it lay it out with with you know making the the story make sense, and then you've got to take some off and make it a little bit more playable, Mm. but it just it makes the flavor go way up. I enjoy playing that game a lot more Um, when I'm taking you know I do the photography um, for us, and you know I love setting those boards up just to get some some action shots because I get to tell a story. What happened? Did somebody storm in and t- took over this building and whatever? And so it really is try to tell a story, you know, like I said, get the Pringles cannon, but put a tower here and cut one in half and put it over here and whatever. But try to say this, this is, you know, a small section of Coruscant. And this is, um, this is what happened this day. Somebody came in and tried to take over this one building and these other guys came back and fought back. And if you can set it up like that, I really think that it, it just adds a lot of flavor. And it, it really lends to, um, I guess, making a little faster. Instead of just setting stuff down and worrying about if everything's right, it just kind of balances and looks right. So yeah. my, my big thing is I love the terrain pieces that tell a story. That's what, that's what I like doing.
1: So you guys have thrown out a few tips here for some hobbyists at home. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you. Do you have any other tips, something that people could do at home tonight? Maybe, you know, if they're listening to this podcast, they get home and they could, they could do something at home. What do you, what do you got?
0: Ah, yeah. I mean, that's, I will say, (laughs) I will leave this a good bit of this to Robert because he is a wizard when it comes to this. But I, I used to, when I was in college. I actually made 40k terrain out of foam core board, right? Okay. Yeah. And if if you're looking just to make some quick stuff, find these old styrofoam pieces that, that your printer just came in and use them. And you can you know cut them up and and paint them and make them look good. Um, you can you know go and get this foam core and you can get a little exacto knife and cut up buildings and make little buildings like you know nobody's business really fast. Yeah. And you know that. I guess that's my thing is really the recycle bin um, is fantastic place that um, foam core board. And then that blue uh, foam at, um, and I guess pink foam too at uh, home Depot and Lowe's. Yep. I mean, that yeah. stuff just, just is. I mean, that's, that's God's gift to, you know, craft <laughs> you know terrain makers because uh, yeah, you can I just know. make anything.
1: Yeah. And they, and they're all like, I don't know about down there, but up here they've been just selling the like two foot by two foot, hobby yep. boards now right. so you yep. could just yep. go like four bucks I think and you can buy a bunch of them and bring them and you don't have to have like a special <laughs> garage to store right. them in you can just put them on your table.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and and I guess my the, the, the last thing I would say and then let, let Robert take this one. He's got so many you know expert things it's not even funny but is is make it storable. Mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> you know if you can kind of get some things that stack inside of each other um and that's I mean Robert's he when he you know, we'll discuss a piece, we'll finally come up with it. And then it's, it's kind of to Robert, how's it going to fit together? And his big thing is, will it stack? Hmm. Right? And if you look at that temple that we just count, dark temple, all of it will stack inside of each other and take up a very small footprint on your shelf. Right? Yep. And so that's another thing to think about is, man, if I keep making this stuff, my goodness, I can't make it, you know, I can't store it everywhere. <laughs> And so if you can make it where it fits inside each other's kind of neat. Other than that, I will turn it to Rob because he's the master at this stuff.
2: All right. So Jason covered a whole lot of ground there. The pink foam, blue foam stuff, I don't know what – it's insulating foam sheets. Yeah. You can get it in half-inch, inch, and even two-inch. And if, you, if you're if you really lucky out there, they, they, they do make a four-inch stack, but it's pricey to get. So uh, – um, You can glue that stuff together. I've found that the glue that works the best is actually a paint. Um, It's a paint called gripper. Hmm. Um, And you kind of scuff up the pieces a little bit and you paint a little bit of that gripper between them. And that stuff dries like a boss in between that foam. That's the issue when you smack two pieces of foam together is you create a vapor block. And essentially that's what it's there for. So it won't. whatever's in in it won't dry but that paint stuff really dries well without dissolving the foam or causing any problems like that so that's that's a really good uh if you can find that gripper paint uh i think glidden makes it um that's really good and there's another if you if you can make it to the hardware store after you listen to this if you can get there before they close there is a magic tube of stuff for making terrain (laughs) and it's called acrylic latex caulk um they sell it in different you know, durabilities, uh, like, you know, five minute dry time, 10 minute dry time, get the 25 minute dry time stuff. It gives you a little bit more work time, uh, with it, but essentially it's like this putty that you can spread on things and it creates a tacky layer that you can use to make it where your miniatures won't slip. As they climb up a slope, you can put sand on it after you've, uh, uh, Put it on your terrain and it's really good for if you say you do buy a 3d printed unpainted miniature or not miniature but a piece of terrain a building from someone and you're like you know this looks pretty cool but i wish it was more cracky i wish i had more stuff on the outside more stucco look this stuff you put on some some gloves or you know those cheap plastic bags from the garbage um, from garbage Yeah, that's where i got my food the grocery store the grocery store those plastic bags from the grocery you smear some of that on those bags and started attaching it to uh um uh your your terrain or even to a piece of board and you can make anything look like terrain uh it's it's pretty cool stuff Mm. and it's like a dollar fifty for a tube of it so uh Uh, that is, uh, that's just magical. It it goes by the name of Alex, uh, in most stores, A-L-E-X acrylic latex caulk. Got to get some of that.
1: All right. So as we're winding up here, I figured I'd ask you guys and Jason, I'll let you go first on this one. What has been your favorite, I'm going to say table, entire table of terrain that you guys have put out so far. What's been your favorite one to work on or, or just your favorite one to play on? (laughs)
0: Ooh, <laughs> that's, uh, hmm. Um, there are, there are several that compete, you know, thematic wise, it would have to be, you know, with the Walker and all the crash ships and stuff, because it just, you know, exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. But my favorite one that we played on that I just, cause it really opened up the game was our tower board where we've got the walkways in between, you know, at different levels, you know, it's kind of got the, uh, the, um, tractor beam sitting on it. Um, it just, it just, I mean, there's this guy, one of our big customers, Rich, if he's listening, um, down in, in, he is in, I think Mississippi and he has taken some pictures. He has bought everything we've ever made pretty much (laughs) this tower board was amazing. I mean, it just looked like you knew it was star Wars. It looked fantastic. The strategy went exponential it's kind of like i guess chess to 3d chess or whatever and it was just fantastic um because of the different levels because you can run around because you get sniper places because you can jump pack up and do all those things i think it adds another another level of play no pun intended and it you know just the flavor of it's really star wars
2: all right rob um i think if, if I'm going to have a friend over and teach them to play Legion, and honestly, that's my favorite thing to do is to teach people to play because I'm not a particularly good gamer. I love games with all my heart, but my brain just can't do it. I can remember the rules, but when it comes to strategy, I just fall apart. But if I'm going to get a table out and put it out in front of somebody, I start with like our desert village stuff because it, you know it it feels super star warsy you know uh there in the first few minutes of whether it's the prequels or the the original trilogy you know you find yourself on these planets um it feels like the mandalorian you know that one that immerses people in the theme and they're there um but i have to tell you man that that dark temple specifically and i'm looking at our websites the ancient dark dark temple a set sitting on your mat Uh, your dark temple mat and that temple that that we designed like Jason said it's really stackable but the biggest thing about it is it's configurable and I actually didn't design it that way originally but kind of you know uh, for one thing the necessity of it had to fit on a 3D printer so it had to be taken apart and as I took it apart I realized wait a minute these pieces can make other pieces so in the in that one ancient dark temple the central piece in that in that set you can reconfigure it like it without trying three different ways but if you kind of start going wait what if i did this what if i put these over here Uh, you know i just sat and did that one night like almost playing a game and i think i stopped at like nine or ten different ways that i could reconfigure and reuse (laughs) that one piece yeah um so that one is emotionally a very satisfying piece for me um Uh, you know, that was, that's one I really like.
1: All right. So I'm going to give you my vote. Not that you guys asked, but I'm going to give it to you. So I've, I've played on, I've played and seen some of the Imperial Outpost. I've played and seen some of the industrial refinery, but by far my favorite, and I know I should pick ancient dark temple because of our mat, but, uh, but I'm not, uh, it's the Renaissance city, which we also have a, Ah. we also have a mat fort. So I can, I can (laughs) plug myself there as well, but, uh, uh, I love that. Like, so I got that table from you guys. It's by far one of my favorites by far. Cool. Um, I love the, like the interconnecting of all the, the, um, the columns and stuff. Holy crap. The railing. Yeah. Yeah. The the railing. railing. Oh my God. That was so genius. Um, I, I love that whole set. Love it.
2: Yeah. That was, that was a piece that as we designed it, we thought we're going to, we're going to, we're never going to print anything else. People are just going to buy these rails. That's all that we're ever (laughs) going to, that's all that we're ever (laughs) going to sell. Um, uh, because you know, they'll go on our board. They go on other, other folks boards that are in that same thematic thing. I'm going to tell you a a secret but i'm not going to give you the answer all and right it's, it's very hidden there is an easter egg on one of the pieces in that board uh and i think it's on the uh the Chichio building the the largest building there's an Bad easter egg on that building and no one's ever noticed it before oh um, <laughs> but it is it is a, it's 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 not easy to see it you know it's concealed <laughs> But um, and you have to know a little bit about Jason and myself to uh, to huh. really to really pick it apart. Well, so. now
1: I'm going to go tear my shelf of terrain. <laughs> <apart>. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you guys tonight at like midnight crying. Just tell me. Just tell me. <laughs> You're so cruel. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for joining me. And for all of you listening, I highly encourage you to go check out legionterrain.com. And uh, again, thank you guys for joining. This was great.
0: Oh, pleasure. Thanks. Join us next week for another edition of the Fifth Trooper podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.